Welcome to the Vertifort Insurance Podcast, hosted by Rick Fox. Get ready for deep dive conversations into the insurance industry's most interesting and pressing subjects. Now sit back and enjoy the conversation. Welcome back to another episode of the Vertifor Insurance Podcast, the VIP. I'm the host, Rick Fox. And today, Sarah Muniz, author, insurance nerd, insurance person. We're going to hear her whole story about how she got here and how this book came about. The book is called Undiscovered Voices. Um, by the end here, we'll make sure you know where to go get it. I think it's an awesome read. I think her story backfills what, where this book came from. So stay tuned. So first and foremost, Sarah, I really appreciate you coming on. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you. Okay. So let's have some fun. Let's start with the, 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 how did, how did this current version, and we're always changing day to day, but how did this current version of Sarah Muniz come to be? Like, what's your journey? How did we get here? How did we get to author? Like I'm looking at your LinkedIn author, car karaoke, comedian, truth teller, top producing sales agent. How did we get to this moment in time? What's your journey? So it's been quite a journey. I've been in the insurance field for 21 years at this point. Um, I started off at a captive agency, State Farm, in 2001, I believe, somewhere in there. And I was a marketing major, so I thought I was getting a marketing position within State Farm while I was still in college. I thought that would be a great time to learn some of those skills. I didn't realize that marketing to the State Farm agency was really telemarketing. So... So I, um, I wasn't there for super long. And then um, I, I moved on to what I thought was a marketing position. And the moral of the story is Sarah Munis does not understand what marketing truly is, even though marketing I got Marketing major, degree. hold on. Marketing major doesn't understand what marketing means. Love it. Love it. Go on. Apparently, yes. <laughs> so I, um, I ended up selling office supplies door to door. Oh, door to door. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was... So, you know, it wasn't what I, I was thought it was, but I learned and we, we playfully call it the internship in my household because I wasn't truly making much money. I was almost working for free, but I learned so much about how to walk into an office, act confident about being there, even though they did not want you there because I'm cold yeah. calling, yep. butter up that gatekeeper to get to the decision maker. So I, I did learn a lot and they did do sales trainings every morning. So had I not taken that position, I would have been able to, I wouldn't have had the skills built up in sales yeah. and how to talk to people and communicate effectively. I then moved on to a, a captive agent and I wasn't licensed yet at this point. He got me licensed and taught me a lot about how to present a quote and um, what the different coverages mean. However, he was not a nice person at all. He was a bully. He bullied me. He bullied his clients. So I decided just consciously while I was working there that I did not want to offer insurance the way he does. I, I hold didn't. On, hold I on, Sarah. Let me, let me just, let me cut in here. Cause I, I, what I, I'm sensing a theme here, which is a lot of life lessons. What I'm excited about is to see where that took us. And I think where that takes us is all the way to the book, which is awesome. I don't want to stop you. I want you to keep going. But so telemarketing, door to door, and somebody that you learned how not to be, that's three really powerful lessons in the first three things you've told us. 
that kind of probably formed you as a as a worker as a as for a career right it has yes yeah. it did well, keep yeah. going keep telling me the rest i want to hear the rest but that that's a <laughs> wow already i'm like i'm i'm in i'm listening go Good. <laughs> so the next part of that was while i was working there there was a major tragedy that happened and there was people that died in the in the accident it was a young driver that didn't have permission to have his parents vehicle and I was trying to figure out how insurance really played into that. Although the guy I was working for wasn't the nicest person, he was very knowledgeable about insurance. Mm -hmm. So I went to him to ask him about, I was really concerned about what we could do to prevent these type of things or to help somebody in that type of situation. And so he really explained an umbrella policy and how that could help them financially. And my, I had a light bulb moment. At that moment, I realized that it wasn't my job to sell people insurance. It was my job to help them. Yes. Isn't that great when that, that switch, it switches over to that? Because now all of a sudden you, feel, you look in the mirror and you're like, I really like what I do. That's, that, that's that moment in insurance that I love. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I was fortunate enough to have it pretty early on to where it solidified that this is the space I wanted to stay in. Mm-hmm. However, it was the, it's the glass ceilings that I kept hitting and the um, walls that I kept hitting throughout my career that really has led me into the journey of writing this book. The, um, I went to go work for somebody else and he was great paid, you know, he paid me maternity leave. He was pretty early on, hired me after working for the the bully guy. The problem there though, was that he didn't see me as a salesperson. He only saw me as a customer service person. And he put me in this customer service box telling me that I couldn't do more than just be a customer service representative. So is that, let me, let me, let let me, let me break that one down a little deeper. Is that because you're a female? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Good. I just want to, let's, let's, let's get it out there. I want to understand yes. if that was the box yeah. you were put in. I want to understand the whole story. So, okay, go ahead. Yes. He basically said, you're just a service person. That's all you'll ever be. You know, this is, this is pretty typical of what customer service people make. So we can't really pay you any more than this. You're not really making me any money. I'm actually losing money by employing you. You. And the interesting part was I didn't, I mean, I wasn't really, I wasn't in sales, or at least I didn't think I was in sales. However, I was still selling about fifty to sixty thousand dollars in production a month, and so I was thinking that was pretty good. But I didn't know how to compare that when I started looking outside of that employer, where I could maybe go into more of a sales role and have more control over what I make. And I was talking to other um, interviewing. And I told them what I was doing and I put on the resume how much I was producing. They're like, oh, that's really good. You should be making good money there. I was like, no, <laughs> get paid as a customer service rep. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, well, come work for us. We'll, we'll pay you what you deserve. <laughs> and <laughs> that's kind of, so I, I, I moved on to the next place. It was great until I wanted to, and I was able to make the income because they, they laid it out very easily that this is what you sell. This is what you make. It was very transparent which is fantastic. And a lot of times what I hear is as far as women making less than men is that there's not transparency sometimes in the roles or you can't move up just like I was having trouble if I had stayed at that other role where I could never be in sales and could never make commission, I would not be making what I was making as a producer. So I really enjoyed that place. I blossomed. I was their top salesperson for I think eight years in a row. 
five years in, I was really wanting, I was making the income that I wanted. However, I wanted more than just the income. I wanted to help others. I wanted to show them the opportunity because I was like, you know, look, before this position, I couldn't afford to have a second baby, but now I, I could have a second baby because I make enough money because I can now pay for daycare. Whereas before I couldn't pay for daycare as a customer service rep, I would go in and ask them if I could be in management, I would be told no. And then three years in, they basically told me it'll never happen. Stop asking. It was really frustrating. And the in 2016 was basically when I would say I took a leap of faith. And that's really, really what led me into writing this book, because although I wasn't particularly happy where I was at and I was stuck, I was put in this box of you can't ever move into management. And I would be asked to train other people that maybe were of opposite sex of me. And they would say, he's going to teach him really well because he's going to be your manager. And then I would get frustrated. I was like, I've been here five years, top producer, and I can't be the manager. Why? And it was really just a gender thing. Like we want, we want a guy in management. I took a leap of faith. I thought it was a better opportunity. And the guy I worked for in 2016 made the other person that I worked for the bully made him look like he was just rainbows and unicorns. So made him look awesome. Another just life lesson. We get to, so you're just like, you're just literally building these life lessons of exactly. Yeah. And, and you, I heard you say there was like 2016 was kind of the basis for where we are now and you know, yeah. 2022 with the book. Were there, were there other life lessons as well? Or are we, then was it just case studies for the book? Yes, the book didn't actually start getting worked on until 2019. I didn't know I was writing a book till 2019. Okay. So what happened was I was talking to a friend of mine, sharing my story. You know, us females do that a lot of times. We'll share our stories in small groups. So I shared my story with her and her comment to me is what actually motivated me to write the book because she was like, wow, you have an interesting story. You should write a book. And I was like, no, I can't write a book. And I was like, I don't know if anyone would read it, but besides that, I don't, I don't know that I can. And she's like, well, why can't you? And the reason why I couldn't, and the reason why I told her I couldn't was because in 2016, the guy that I worked for, <clears throat> when he, as he was letting me go, he told me if I ever shared what happened in his office, he'd have me blacklisted in the insurance industry and I would never be able to find a job again. Wow. And her comment to me was really the trigger for the book <laughs> was, she was like, oh my gosh, she was like, who's this man and how does he have that much control over you? He can't stop you from writing a book. And I was like, and I was still scared. So three years after he told me that, I would say I, I reached rock bottom at that moment. After he let me go, I just didn't think I was going to go from making six figures to zero money within two months. And so I really hit an all-time low confidence financially. You know, it's just hard on a, it's hard on a family. It was just all the way around a bad situation it took me years to build myself back up. Sarah, let me, let me jump in here. Cause I think this is a moment and I, and I will, then I want, I want us to jump into the book because I want to make sure everybody gets to hear what your perspective on wh what they're reading. Cause I want them to go get it. Cause yes. I, I think it's an important read, but I want to make a comment on what you just said, which is we, what uh, I think there was a definite male female thing you had going on there. But that isn't that isn't just the only time that happens to people. There is there is that that happens a lot, and and we as individuals have to be strong enough, which is I think what's so awesome about you getting a bigger voice here and taking the time, energy, and the the your heart and soul that you poured into this book is don't let anybody take your shine. 
Like no one, no one has the ability that no one should have the ability to do that. But, but it happens every day to everybody. Like if you listen to this entire podcast and you listen to all my podcasts and you read the book and you do all these things, if you did took nothing out of that, then that, I think this was a win, but I do want to jump. Let's just jump into the book now. Cause I, I think we're at a point where you've, you've, you've set the table. There's clearly some glass ceilings that you want to bust through. The book is called Undiscovered Voices. And so I want to talk, we kind of talked about the, the, the why, or, or at least why, what was building up inside of you, but, but, but what is the, like the problem? So give me the, give me the why. Yes. So I kept hearing, I was in an insurance tech for about a year and going to tons of conferences. My first opportunity to go to conferences. And there was a common theme at every conference. It was, we don't have enough talent. We have a talent shortage. We need to figure out how to attract talent into our industry. And it didn't sit well with me Mm -hmm. because I feel like I'm talented. I feel like I know thousands of other talented women that have had struggles or have not been able to move up in the insurance industry. So my counter to that is the talent shortage is a perception problem. It's not a factual problem. And I'm trying to resolve that problem by saying if we open up these glass ceilings, like if we don't make them glass ceilings anymore or give more opportunities to females to move up in the insurance field and make it easier and offer the training that that is needed, then we actually have a talent abundance. So that's what I'm really trying to shed light on is, you know, here are the problems and I do have problems, but I also have positives in the book on this is what happens when you foster your talent. So there's a negative and a positive thing going on there. And then there's the research to back everything up on how we can change the industry for the better as a team working together. So, so I, I love this because not only has this always been a problem, but as more as, as we hit, we hit the pandemic and everything has changed and people are looking for different careers and, and not only is there a shortage of talent, there's just a shortage of humans in our industry and so, uh, uh, but I want to challenge your point because you, you made a point there, which I want to just, I, I agree with you. And there are a lot of people that are blockers in our industry. So I think reading this book is not just a, an empowering moment. There's also a wake up moment for us males to read the book and understand why it's so important. But, but, but let me challenge this point. The point was they need the training and we need to train people a hundred percent. I totally agree with you but this goes back to your point about somebody taking away your shine i would also challenge everybody listening and i'd love to get your two cents on it sarah because you've put blood sweat and tears into this topic how much of this do we need to just take on our own and say i'm going to go learn this i'm going to go educate myself i'm gonna you know you use that moment of of that the epiphany moment of i'm helping people so yes, it's on the powers that be, so to speak, mm-hmm. but how much of it is on us as individuals to say, you know what, no one is going to slow me down and I'm going to go learn and I'm going to go educate myself and I'm going to break through that ceiling, whether they like it or not. Yes. Yeah. And absolutely. We all have that ability. However, a lot of times the men in the industry are given those opportunities mm-hmm. right off where they're yep. not having to 100%. go and seek it out them point they're on their own. So when we're doing it on our own, it takes us longer. So 
what's taken me 20 years to get where I'm at maybe would have taken a guy 10 years because they would be given those more of those opportunities and those bias wouldn't be present. So it's more of a, we need to, leadership needs to know where, where the disconnect is and how to provide more for everybody, for all, you know, whether it's male, female, black, white, Asian, it doesn't matter. Like we need to like learn how to understand our own bias, understand our own assumptions, such as someone assuming, cause this happened to me, assuming that I didn't want to work anymore because I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to work. I didn't want to drop. <laughs> I wanted to provide <laughs> for my family. Yes. You can't assume that I don't want to work because I want to work. And that was a barrier for me. And then the other piece that I think we talked about this, we had Kim Beach on earlier in the year. She's uh, she's has her own women in insurance uh, foundation. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the other piece, like, like, I think, I think this is super important and it's not just women to your point. This is, it's an, it's an inclusivity thing. Yes. We've been, frankly, I, I would say better, but still not even close, but over the years have been awful at as an industry. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I always use the story that we, I, one of the agencies that I bought when I was an agency owner, the owner of that agency stayed on because he wanted to have an office. He wanted to sort of feel like he was part of it. And we had an, an area where we had all of the CSRs and it was, I want to say there were, I don't know, 12-ish in there. One or two were male and the rest were female. Uh, because again, not only that, I mean, this is, this is 20 plus years ago. And he would come in and say, I'm going to have one of the girls do that. And it's just that mentality of that's not one, we don't say that ever. And two, that's not the role. It just, in that case, happened to be and some of those people ended up being producers, et cetera, et cetera. But getting that change is, is the part, first part. But, but my question to you is, why does it feel like there's a lack of women in insurance? Like, what is the disconnect? So there's not a lack of women, actually. The insurance industry has 61% of the industry is female. So it's a lack of leadership of women. Is that what it is? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so it's a lack of women really getting a chance to have their abilities fostered, and there's obstacles and barriers in the way, and I have all of that in the book and the okay. why, and we have 61% women in the industry, and only in 39% are male, yet only 12% of women make it past an upper management position. Everybody wow. else is male. And do you know, historically, is that number stable? Has it, has it gotten any better? Are we making improvements? It's, it's better than it was, but not that much better. Okay. The um, regular e-commerce, their leadership and upper management for females is at 23%. Okay. And we're still at 12%. So we're about 25 to 30 years behind regular mm-hmm. e-commerce, regular business models. This is a... Um smash everybody in the face moment with this with this news because to me like I don't think anybody I know agencies that have made a absolute proactive change to their inclusivity they are hiring they are promoting they are doing things those aren't on every corner Mm -hmm. and I think what what I'm hearing from you is okay so this is what's going on right? This is what's going on in the marketplace. And I think every female should read this book because it feels like I'd feel empowered 
to go out and knock, knock on some doors in my office and say, look, pay me, promote me, give me an opportunity and I'll show you how talented I am. That's the empowering part. I think the other side to this is for every stuck in your way, like we did a, we did an insure rent a, a few weeks back on being curious, asking questions, not being stuck in the status quo, not saying we've always done it that way. Yeah. So if I'm a, if I'm a 30 year veteran, male veteran of this industry, I should be reading this book as a lesson in how 20, like wake up and smell 2022. Is that fair to say, Sarah? Yes. Yeah. And I spend the first half of the book explaining, you know, my um, thought process and the what's and the why's and the histories and, and all that stuff. I, I basically trying to prove my point. The first two thirds of the book is that. But the second half of the book is the solutions. I'm not going to give away the whole book, but I'm going to give the number one solution that can happen in an office that will make the biggest, fastest improvement. And it's open, safe, and the keyword safe communication. Because you can say, my door's open. You can talk to me anytime. However, when I go in there and you tell me to be quiet and you don't want to hear what I have to say, that's not open and safe. Yeah. Or what I what I say could have repercussions for me. That's not open and safe. Open and safe is I am here to listen to you. I am making a proactive um, time to come talk to you and find out what are your goals? What do you want um, in this career? How do I see you? How can we make this move together? How can we improve um, our relationship? And it takes time for that communication to truly happen because most, most women learn from experience, including me, where we don't, we're not going to feel safe right away, even if you tell us it's okay and it's safe. We're not going to feel safe right away. You have to prove uh, to us that we can trust you to be safe and be vulnerable mm -hmm. so that we can really air out what's happening and then find solutions and find ways to improve the entire agency. And in the end, in my research, the more you have, the more diversity you have, the more people you have moving up and the more that people see you that like you, your profit increases. Mm -hmm. So you, for every 1% of diversity and inclusion measures that you take, you get 1% improvement in profit. So mm -hmm. if money, if money's talking, then, there, then there's that. <laughs> if you want to make more yeah, money. No, I get it. I get it. And I think this is, <laughs> Sarah, what I think is so great about this is, is you're taking, you've taken a what feels like a stand and, and in a very positive way explained, probably, like you said, the first half of the book is people going, you know, especially if females are reading this going, yeah, that's happened to me. Yep. I totally get that. Oh, I know a friend who had that, but what I love now is now we're saying, okay, now what? Like, I got it. Like, like I'm raising, like I'm here, Dylan, who's our producer, we're raising our hands. We're saying we want to be part of the solution. But the things that you're talking about now, she's talking about openness. Talk to me about like, what are other, like, give me a couple more, just, just snack bites. Cause I, again, <laughs> I, I want to keep it like, talk to me about mentoring, talk to me about other things. What, what else is, what are, what are the other opportunities here? Yeah. Gotta so uh, mentoring and advocacy, those are huge, you know, finding ways to make the table more diverse and open because the leadership table doesn't have to be a small table with four or five guys at it. Mm -hmm. You can make the table a long table, put a leaf in there mm -hmm. and add more people to the table. Love it. So that you're hear hearing more voices. And the interesting part is the number one decision maker on financial and insurance products are women and households. So yeah. you need your women 
to advise how to offer these products to women. <laughs> I don't even, I don't even have access to the accounts in my house. I got to be honest. Like, I don't even like, I don't make any decisions in this house. So I know Absolutely. exactly what you mean. <laughs> so a guy, a, a man isn't going to be able to think about how, like we can, they can guess, you can guess what we want, what we want or what we think or how to communicate with us. But at the end of the day, who's better to know how to do that than another woman? So and several women. <laughs> well, and Sarah, you've proven through your 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 trials and tribulations, and now your successes of not only being a published author, which is amazing, but a successful producer, that all of this is real, and this is what we all need to be striving for. So I I applaud you for your efforts, and it's clear to me that this is an important movement for you. Obviously, you've spent time, energy heart and soul to do this. So I, I just want to say thank you for what you've done. How do we go about like, so I think, again, let me just, so the two, two people that should be reading this book are the two groups of people and it includes everyone. So the first group is females and the empowerment that should come along with it. And the second group is all of us dudes who need to understand from your perspective, how we can be better. So pretty much everybody on the planet earth, especially in our industry can read this book and learn from it. How do we get it? So it's available on Amazon. The full title is Undiscovered Voices, Unlocking the Potential of Women in Insurance. You can see Sarah Meanis on there. So that's the easiest way to get it. You can also go to undiscoveredvoicesinsurance.com and it's available there as well. Also, I would follow uh, Sarah on LinkedIn. She has, uh, she posts a lot of great stuff. Again, Sarah, I'm, I'm proud to have had you on. I think this is a great, a great conversation, a conversation that needs to come out of the shadows and be in the forefront. So I'm glad we were able to do this. Thank you, Sarah, for being on with us. I know being a, a graduate of the University of North Texas, same as Dylan, our, our producer, makes him happy. Um, <laughs> so as we always say on here, we thank our guests for coming on. We thank the people that listen. I think this is an important thing. Don't just listen to this. Go find Sarah. Uh, connect with her, go find the book, give it a read. I think it's an important that we all are proactive in this moment. So Sarah, thanks for being on. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Everybody, don't, do not forget to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Also go to vertifor.com, go to resources, click on podcasts and subscribe there as well. Become part of that community. As always, thank you everyone for tuning in. I'm always honored and humbled by all the support we get. Make sure you connect with me on LinkedIn. Send me any questions, anything that we can talk about, anybody you think we should have on the show. There's some powerful stuff like we just got from Sarah Muniz. Again, go get her book at amazon.com and we will see you next time.